Keeping Afloat by Cruise Director Kabir. In order to get the optimal listening experience, make sure that you are using headphones. We've added some new sound effects to this episode, and I hope that you enjoy them. Welcome to Keeping Afloat, Season 2, Episode 7. My name's Kabir, and I'm your cruise director. When I'm on board, I'm the main host and head of entertainment aboard cruise ships around the world. And this is my story. Join me as we navigate through some of the situations I found myself in as I was first becoming a cruise director. Just a quick disclaimer, while the show is mostly based on my experience, some situations may have been modified for entertainment purposes. And for privacy purposes, the names of the original characters have been changed. The accents in this show are for dramatic and character identification purposes only, and are not intended to offend anyone. And finally, the views expressed in this show are mine, and not that of any brand that I'm associated with. Hey everyone, it's been a minute. And since we last talked, things have really changed. There was also a lot going on and I had to get a grip of everything, especially as the world was opening up. Most importantly, the cruise industry is opening up. People are vaccinated and that brings me to something that I wish wasn't as political as it is. But if you haven't already, please get vaccinated. The sooner we're all vaccinated, the sooner we can get back to seeing and doing the things that we like. For example, taking a cruise. Now, all these vaccines have been out for a while now, and the data is there. If you have any questions, get answers from accredited sources. Speak to medical professionals. Check your sources, and don't only read the headline and take that as the entire article. But please, go ahead and get vaccinated. As the world opens, I have been incredibly busy. And I've also had a lot of people asking me when I'm going to be heading out to sea. Well, that question has a few parts to it because there are some new factors to consider. The first factor is I got married. My now husband and I took a huge step this summer. Well, actually a few steps, and you can actually see the video on my Instagram. But I got engaged back in July while we were skydiving in Calgary, and we ended up getting married at a beautiful intimate ceremony in my backyard back in August. I'm in school right now, and I've launched my own company, which actually focuses on urban mobility. I fell in love with electric scooters last year. And so this year, I decided to take it one step further by creating Freedom Scooter Company. So if you live in Canada, head over to www.freedomscooterco.ca or at Freedom Scooter Co. on Instagram. We've got two amazing models to pick from and our prices rock. I'll leave a note to that in the show notes. Also, since you're a Keeping Afloat listener, I'm offering $50 off both models when you use the discount code Keeping Afloat. And now, the burning question. Will I ever go out to sea again? The truth is, I'd love to, but when the time is right. So stay tuned for that, because right now I just feel settled, especially being at home for so long. I felt I've really put down some roots and being married changes things. That's the thing about life at sea. It's great for a time, but there's definitely a time for it for different people. Everybody has their own pace, but for me right now, I think I'm going to uh, I think I'm going to dock <laughs> for a little while here in Toronto and see what life has in store for me. However, in terms of keeping afloat, we have a ton of ground to cover in terms of my story. And I'm really sorry for the big gap. There was just and still is a lot of changes happening and i think i i really miss the show and this is my only connection to ships right now and frankly to traveling internationally and it might be for a little while so expect new episodes regularly we are back and this story is coming back in full force because there is still so much of my story to tell now as we dive back into my story let's recap where we left off I was about to wake up to my very first morning as cruise director aboard the Oceanic Euphoria. As I go back and look through my old pictures and emails, 
I'm taken back to likely the toughest part of my career as a cruise director. In fact, I'm even finding it a bit hard to go back there at all because my time at Ocean Cruise Line was life-changing. Some of it in a positive way and honestly some of it in a negative way. But I still want to share this part of my story with you, including the ups, the downs, because after all, this show is meant to be as authentic and candid as possible. I also met some incredible people that helped me grow and showed me ways to overcome the challenges that I faced. You're about to hear my story of growth and development, so let's get back to it. And with that, let's cast off. Waking up and knowing that you're in trouble right away is never a good feeling. But knowing that you could be in trouble with the captain on the first day of your dream job, now that is next level. On top of that, my new boss, Elliot, the entertainment director, was upset because he sent me an email in the middle of the night telling me about an urgent meeting at 8am. Now. I don't know about you, but I've always thought that there were layers to communication. So from urgent to non-urgent, there's phone calls. Something's happening and you've got to be informed. That is a phone call. It's urgent. Then there's text messages, WhatsApp, Messenger, iMessage. Urgent, but not like super urgent. And then there's email. Stuff that's important to document. But the thing is that most of the time, you've got to go check your email. It's not always set up to send push notifications, especially on a ship, where the only way to access your email is through a desktop. So in this case, a phone call or a message would have been appropriate. So long story short, it's not the best way to inform someone about a last minute event. Anyway, I needed to get to the bridge and quick. All of the other senior officers were there, and I didn't want to be the only person missing, especially on my first cruise. As I walked onto the bridge, I could see the Miami skyline in the distance. And it turned out that the captain had brought the ship close enough to shore that the pilot boat had arrived to take the sick passenger off the ship. The reason that the ship's senior officers were all there was to decide, as a group, what to do. So as I joined the circle of officers, Elliot, the entertainment director, gave me a really nasty look. Nice of you to join us, Kabir. All eyes were on me. So I just said, look, everyone, I'm I'm really sorry. Someone seems to not check their emails. Elliot, you emailed Kabir about an urgent meeting that only came up at three o'clock in the morning. Captain Ricardo furrowed his brow, glaring at Elliot. Well, it's his, Elliot. This is not important. What is important is figuring out what to do. We need to reschedule everything. The hotel director, Daryl Davis, a pretty tired-looking man in his late 50s, spoke up. Look, it's simple. Just plan for an extra sea day and keep today and the final day the same. The extra sea day is easy. We'll fill in the gaps, right, Elliot? Elliot nodded. And I will say, what an odd guy. He was just really twitchy. Captain Ricardo also nodded. Good. We're on the same page. Elliot, please coordinate with Daryl and Kabir. There were seven of us in total standing around. Captain Ricardo, Daryl, the hotel director. Elliot, the food manager, bar manager, guest services manager, who was Destiny, my friend as well as the chief engineer and staff captain. Now that it is settled, Staff Captain Sal, please begin setting course for Grand Cayman. I will inform the guests and then contact the port authorities to secure a berth. Thank you all. With a curt nod, the captain turned on his heel and headed over to the ship's digital charts. Elliot walked up to me as everyone dispersed. Hey, it's almost 9am, so you better go make the morning announcement. Half a moment had passed, and I just needed to quickly collect my thoughts. I pulled my phone out to make sure my schedule was up to date. And before I'd even started moving, Elliot walked up to my left ear and said, Off you go. That's an order. And with that, 
my first sea day as cruise director began. This first sea day was insane. I actually went back into my calendar and pulled out what my schedule was for that day. So here goes, this is straight from my calendar. 9 a.m. morning announcement. 9.30, morning show in the theater. 9.55, announcement for the 10.30 Fun Ashore, Fun Aboard, Shore Excursion show that I needed to host. And that's followed by another announcement at 12, pool games at 12.30, and a dance class following that. Another announcement at 1.50, and then at 2 o'clock I was hosting the Build-A-Bear workshop. 3 o'clock, story time with the kids. 4 o'clock, be at the shops to unveil a new Victoria's Secret fragrance. And then I got my first break of the day at 4.30. At 6.45, I had to make an announcement promoting the plan for the evening, which included the captain's toast in the atrium, which is where all of the senior officers would be introduced at 7.15, which I was also hosting. Right after that, I'd be in the theater at 7.45 to mix and mingle speaking to guests and then take off the show at 9 p.m. Between the shows, I'd have an 80s music trivia dance party, which was actually going to be my first one ever and I was really looking forward to. And then after that was a quick shower, back to the theater to start and finish the show again, which would then bring us to 11 o'clock and then be at the comedy club for 11.30 to introduce that show. If you're tired after hearing that, you're not alone. That first day was really hard because I was trying to balance it all and taking constant phone calls from Elliot and trying to build a bit of a routine. I was also trying to remember everything that Maxime had told me, who was the previous cruise director. I remember feeling that I would eventually be a lot more comfortable with the routine of a first sea day, especially since we'd be doing four and five day cruises. Turnarounds would be so much more frequent. I can also say, that was a relatively normal sea day. If it was a final sea day, that two-hour break in the middle wouldn't exist. Talk about a wake-up call. But on that day, I thought I'd begin by having to speak to the captain. It was important for me to take responsibility for my actions, especially given that I was in such a strong leadership position at that time. I also thought of it a little bit as initiation by fire. Good morning, Oceanic Euphoria. This is Kabir, your cruise director. Let's talk about some of the morning's highlights. Coming up at 10 o'clock a.m., the onboard shops will be opening up for the first time this cruise, all tax and duty-free. Immediately following that, I'm going to be on stage in the main theater with a fun ashore, fun onboard show. I'm going to be raffling off some amazing prizes, including 10 free shore excursions. So make your way to the theater right now to save your seat. I'll see you there at 1030, and I will be back with more updates later on. Until then, have an amazing morning here on board Oceanic Euphoria. With the morning show done, as well as that announcement, I quickly made my way to the bridge to speak to the captain. As I walked down the forward corridor, this... 20-something-year-old girl stopped me and said, Hey, you're the guy. I smiled and said, You mean the cruise director? I'm Kabir. How's your morning going? Honestly, amazing. It's only 10 and we're two drinks in. She nudged a rather attractive-looking guy beside her, whom, to be honest with you, I thought could have been her partner. I'm Eric, her brother. Really nice to meet you both. Have an amazing morning and I'm going to see you later on. I smiled and tried to head down the staircase, afraid that I was going to be running out of time. But as I tried to pass, Eric grabbed my hand and said, Wait, what's your next thing? Like, your, your thing to do? I'll be in the theater, hosting the Fun Ashore Fun On Board show. You've got to listen to the announcements. I just made this announcement. Eric laughed and said, Perfect. I'll be there. I found it sweet and honestly didn't think anything of it. The only thing that was on my mind at that moment was, oh God, I've got to go speak to the captain. Captain, do you have a moment? Si, si, come in. This is my partner, Ashwarya. 
As I entered the captain's office, which, by the way, was one part of his massive cabin, I noticed a beautiful Indian woman sitting across from him. Hello, you can call me Ash. I've heard great things about you. Why, thank you very much. The pleasure's all mine. Kabir, please a seat. What can I do for you? Captain, I wanted to apologize for not being on the bridge this morning. It's not the way I wanted to start. Kabir, I will stop you right there. This is not your mistake. The entertainment director should have called you. And I don't understand why so many people, they... It's like they're absent-minded. They're not here. Next time, listen, I will call you myself. Don't give it a second thought. I appreciate that, Captain. Thank you. Absolutely, absolutely. Is that everything? I nodded, quickly getting up. Yes, thank you so much. I appreciate that again. Anytime, you tell me if there's something you need. Welcome to the team, and uh, we will see you tonight. I remember my first interaction with Captain Ricardo. He had a reputation for being a total hard-ass. But as my time on board progressed, I learned that Captain Ricardo just had a very, very small tolerance for crap. If someone wasn't pulling their weight or he was being lied to, he knew and called it out. And as I was about to find out, there was a lot of quote-unquote crap happening. With that meeting out of the way, I ran down to the theater to keep pace in the marathon that was my first day. Since you're here, I'm assuming you're enjoying the show. Help support it and ensure that these episodes keep coming out and getting better and better by picking up some cool merch from the Cruise Director Kabir store. Use the coupon code KEEPINGAFLOAT to save 10%. Plus, it supports the show. Happy listening! The pool deck was definitely where the party was at. I actually taught my first ever cruise director's dance class on that cruise, and it was packed. I noticed the guy from earlier, Eric, was in the front row, dancing in a swimsuit with a drink in his hand. In total, I had about 50 people doing the class, and another 100 or so participating from various parts around the pool deck, just joining in for a song or two. It was amazing to finally do something that I'd always been hoping to do for so long, and I had seen other cruise directors doing. By the time 4pm hit, I felt like I'd done three workouts, because to be honest with you, I probably had. From being on stage, hosting pool games, dance class, kids games, and finally the last thing of the afternoon was here. As much as cruise directors oversee entertainment and guest experience, depending on the cruise line, there are certain revenue duties as well. At Ocean Cruise Line, the part was excessive. Revenue was very, very important to them. Now, every cruise, we do this quote-unquote product launch at the shops, which, by the way, were directly outside the theater. Brilliant placement because you'd have to walk through the stores in order to get in or out of the theater. The job was pretty easy, so I didn't mind once I got the hang of it. Seeing as this would be my first time, I sought out the shop's manager for some guidance. This lovely woman with a North American accent greeted me. She was about five foot tall, had long brown hair, and was just really, really sweet. Hey, I'm Audrey, the jewelry manager. It's simple. Here's the microphone. Just do the raffle, and I'll pull the names for you. Three people get to win a necklace, and then we're all good, and you can go. Sweet. That sounds easy. Where are you from, by the way? Uh, I'm from Toronto. What about you? No way. I live in the East End. And from there, an amazing friendship began. Audrey became a close friend, and as we like to say, a Baisano, which is basically a friend that you've made that's also from the same country that you're from. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the shops. Who's ready to win a free necklace? 
Alright, let's do it. The atrium on this ship was the first of its kind. With Ocean Cruise Line's Dream Class, the first seven-story atrium on a ship was introduced back in 1991. Despite being majorly outdone now, there was still an opulence about it on the Oceanic Euphoria. There were seven levels with two elevators running the height of the atrium. At the bottom, there was a bar, and directly behind it, there were a set of stairs that met in the middle, connecting deck six to deck seven. And on the opposite side, there were overlooks for every single deck, all the way up to deck 12. Fun fact though, the bar never existed, so people used to be able to walk onto the staircase and take pictures there, which I think still would have been an amazing place to take some shots. Since the design had been around for so long, we knew how to make it look even nicer when we did the senior officer's introduction, with the captain in the middle and the officers going down the stairs on either side. All of the officers gathered on deck six behind the staircase, and I noticed that Captain Ricardo was having a very heated discussion over the phone. And just as I arrived, he left, walking forward down deck six toward the crew elevators. A few moments later, as I was speaking to a guest, I heard the familiar single chime of an announcement from the bridge. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the captain. Can I have your attention, please? Seeing as the captain was supposed to be here with the other officers, the hairs on my neck stood up, hoping that this wasn't a repeat of this morning. Just then, Destiny ran up behind me and said, Um, hi, cruise director, we need your voice on the bridge, like, right now. As I walked, scratch that, ran down the corridor, I learned what was going on. Ladies and gentlemen, I have some important information to share with you regarding our itinerary. As you know, earlier this morning we returned to Miami in order for one of your fellow guests to receive a life-saving medical treatment. Since then, we have been working to arrive in Ochos Rios, Jamaica. Well, at this time, ladies and gentlemen, we have learned that uh, there is no place for us to talk in Ochos Rios. As a result, in consultation with our shoreside colleagues, we will be traveling to Grand Cayman. Our expected arrival time will still be 9 o'clock a.m. tomorrow morning. This was the point that I arrived to the bridge, just as the captain was finishing up. Ladies and gentlemen, we understand the inconvenience and would like to inform you that all the shore excursions will be automatically refunded. And now, uh, to give uh, some more clarity as well as to tell you what we have in store for you this evening, here is your amazing uh, cruise director, Kabir. I walked up to the PA system, taking over the speak button from the captain, which is kind of this really awkward finger dance because you had to make sure you held the button down. Just as the captain left, he decided to take the paper that I was supposed to be reading from with him. And worst of all, he crumpled it up and threw it in the trash bin, probably not remembering that I was going to need that paper as well. I was okay with that since I needed a moment to catch my breath anyway, so I kind of just stood there for a sec. Then, out of the corner of my eye, I can see the captain realized his error, went into the garbage, fished the paper out, mimed to me how sorry he was, and then was trying to, like, straighten the paper out in the background, so I just kind of laughed, and, uh, it was just a really funny announcement. I'm sure the guests could hear the paper crinkling and everything in the background. I couldn't help to laugh. But this is also where improv comes in handy. Well, everyone, as the captain did say, we are going to be arriving into Grand Cayman tomorrow in place of Ocho Rios. Your shore excursions are going to be automatically refunded to your onboard accounts. Otherwise, uh, we have got a great evening for you here on board. Uh, the senior officers' introductions with the captain, myself, and of course our fellow senior officers of Oceanic Euphoria will be taking place in just a few moments in the atrium. So 
will be on our way there. Otherwise, everyone, have a fantastic evening, and I will see you around the ship. Captain Ricardo came to pat me on the back and said, Okay, let's do this. I don't know if uh, they're going to be happy, but uh, let's go ahead and see. On our way down, Captain Ricardo's phone rang. Captain, there are so many guests coming into the atrium right now. They're coming in from every single direction, and they're all upset. They're all going to get services, and look, I don't think it's a good idea for you to come down here. Okay, um... Kabir, can you go to assess? Destiny is saying there are many guests coming to the atrium. I don't know if it's a good idea to do the introductions. Uh, go take a look, uh, give me a call. I quickly walked ahead of the captain toward the forward staircase, and looking down from the little overlook on deck 10 into the atrium, I could already see and hear the rumble of angry people. One passenger actually grabbed the uniform of a guest services associate, and then started shoving his finger in her face. At that point in my career, I had never seen anything like that, nor would I ever see it again in my career at sea. A man was yelling at a guest services associate, while another was trying to climb over the guest services desk. I could see Destiny, the guest services manager, walking into the desk area, ushering her crew back into the office. She looked up at the ceiling of the desk and actually pulled down these large purple gates and locked them into place. Silver code, silver code, silver code, deck six, guest services. Silver code was the code for immediate security response, usually for a fight or something serious. A moment later, a flurry of security officers arrived to the atrium, ushering the crowd back and away from the guest services desk. Mainly, the crowd dispersed, but the energy was evident. People were upset that they were changing the itinerary again, and rightfully so. But in all my years at sea, it was just interesting how unbelievably upset these people got to the point that they got into a riot. I don't think that it was anything out of the ordinary, changing an itinerary due to a medical emergency. That happens pretty often, and it's also out of most people's control. I continued my walk when I saw Destiny. Kabir, listen. You have to go upstairs, get away from the atrium right now. There are a lot of upset guests. I guess we just shouldn't have canceled Jamaica. I've never seen people so angry. I was astounded to hear that, considering that Destiny had been at sea for over a decade. The thing was, I didn't have an option. The show must go on, literally. So as I walked into the theater, I noticed that it was packed. A group of guests actually flocked to me to take selfies, which was flattering, kind of felt like a celebrity. The reason was that I had announced a selfie challenge at the beginning of the cruise. So if guests got a selfie with me, later on at the end of the cruise, they'd receive some sort of a little prize. Now, to be honest with you, that prize was gonna be a signed picture of me, but they didn't know that at that time. The point was to get as much one-on-one -on -one contact with guests, and the way of doing that without me having to go up to everyone was somehow to get them to come to me. And it actually led to so many amazing conversations. Now, from the cruise line's perspective, it would hopefully be a push for positive entertainment ratings. But for me, it was just a ton of fun. This always amazed me. At the end of a show, cruise directors would have memorized the names of the cast members and have the exact right timing for their bows. It was really intimidating, especially if you didn't know the cast's names by heart. You had to do them in sync and to the music. The second that those curtains closed, my focus instantly switched to my 80s music trivia party. Because on this cruise line, they were a massive deal. 
pretty much, we'd have a massive music trivia in the main atrium. But it was more than just a trivia. Guests would come up, kind of lip sync to various songs, and tonight's theme was 80s. There was also 90s, thousands, and different eras. I know that Maxime had done Motown, so people got really nostalgic when they were listening to the music of their youth, and music has the power to take people kind of on a a really independent journey, and that's what these music trivia parties were about. Everybody was just loving the same music together, and just, it was a vibe. If I go on a cruise, I know that I'm definitely going to be attending their music trivia parties. Now, as the show ended, I stood at the theater entrance and ran to my cabin to make one final announcement of the night, and hopefully give a massive push for the party. As I approached the atrium, I was pretty darn nervous. More nervous than I had ever been. And as I got to deck 7, I actually ran into Eric, the cute guest from earlier. Hey, you look pretty fly. He was commenting on my sleeveless vest, part of my outfit for the party. Thanks, I'm just heading to the atrium for the 80s party. He obviously was more tuned in than I gave him credit for, because he said, Dude, you seem nervous. Are you nervous? I paused for a second, thinking about what to say. As much as I was definitely attracted to this guy, I had to be very professional. So I said, no, not at all. I'm, I'm ready. He grinned and said, that's total crap. You need a shot. Before I knew it, he'd taken my hand and was leading me down the hall outside of his cabin, which was literally 10 seconds from the atrium. I just said to him, listen, dude, I can't go inside your cabin. I was kind of looking left and right because I knew what was about to go down was a little bit shady. He laughed and said, don't worry, I got you covered. He handed me a massive vodka shot and said, drink it, you'll need it, and you'll thank me after. Honestly, at that moment, I did not ask any questions because he was right. I downed the shot, grimacing at the taste, which is basically rubbing alcohol. That, combined with the coffee that I just had, was an interesting mix. I felt pumped, but loose at the same time. Eric grinned, took his shot, and said, Go, don't be late, and get that party started. I smiled at him and made my way down the hall into the atrium. Now, I'll be honest. I think certain things happen at certain times to help you kind of get through that moment. And at that moment, Eric was my saving grace. Without that little boost, I'm, I don't know what I would have done because my nerves were shot already from the whole first day thing, the morning, then that silver coat in the atrium. I got onto the stage and from that time, I was very much in the moment. When I have a microphone in my hand and I'm looking around at an audience, all I'm thinking about is how to give them the best performance at that moment. I'm completely connected to that situation. And seeing an audience like that, where it was completely packed, like there was nowhere to walk on the main floor, was just an incredible feeling. And knowing that they're all there to see you, to have a good time, was was a really powerful feeling that, to be honest, I've, I've never forgotten. And I kind of still crave. On deck six, at the bottom of the atrium, there was a bar. And at the middle of that bar was a stage. Sometimes it was a musician, other times we use it as a centerpiece for our parties. And this music trivia party was less music trivia, more party. I got up on stage for the first time and addressed the audience. Alright Oceanic Euphoria, who's ready for a great party? I danced to Billie Jean that night and everybody went nuts. Song after song, I invited guests to come up on stage pretending to be the main singer. We even give them props and a wig sometimes. To this day, that was one of the most incredible parties I had ever done. I had so much fun with the guests. It was performance, entertainment, and just connecting with people, literally bringing the audience onto the stage. By this point, the cruise was about halfway complete, and it kind of felt like I was just going through the motions. I was following my checklist of what needed to be done. I had a pretty clear-cut schedule, and that's what was happening. But the leadership part of being cruise director hadn't really happened yet. 
I'd barely connected with my team of hosts, and I didn't really have a clue who was on the rest of the entertainment team. Everything was just so new that I was focused on executing it correctly. But all of that was about to change, because the following day, it was time for my very first manager's meeting, and my very first team meeting. And things got a little bit interesting. Hey there, if you're enjoying the show, make sure to go ahead and rate our episode. Also, spread the word. Share us on social media and tell your friends. It helps to grow the show and spreads the word. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. Elliot's cabin was on deck 10 with the other officers. So basically, when you walked in, there was a small entryway with three doors. On the far left was the door to the washroom. Next to that was a door to the bedroom. And beside that was the doorway into the office, which is where I was sitting with the other managers of the entertainment department. The production manager, dance captain, youth manager, and lead musician. Then it was just me and the entertainment director. It was a unique setup. In most cases, the need for an entertainment director was pretty excessive. The thing was, Ocean Cruise Line thought that having a cruise director out with the guests all the time was going to help boost ratings and repeat guests, and then the cruise director wouldn't have time to lead the department. In the end, it was a flawed system, because the cruise directors were always tired, they were always out, and it was impossible for them to disconnect. And then you've got an entertainment director who was always clashing because he was slightly out of touch with the cruise director. The thing was, I had an open mind going into it as well, because this was also my first shot at all of this. Okay, everyone, so let's start with Ocean X. Now, you know, head office is really into this stuff, you know, boosting revenue, guest interaction and stuff. So let's talk about our teams. Ocean X was a way to give each team specific goals at how they were contributing to the guest experience. For example, for example, the cast would have to record how many guests they interacted with in their time off. Musicians would discuss if they talked to anyone about their music in between their sets or if they took any requests. The thing was, I didn't actually know that I had to do it. I was so busy getting everything else prepared and ready and going through all of the motions of these events, I hadn't even had a second to think about this stuff. So I'm not going to lie, I was completely unprepared. Kabir, you're the first up. I kind of just leaned forward and tried to muster all the courage I could and said, Guys, this is really embarrassing. I just got here and I'm so sorry, but I wasn't trained in this. The hosts didn't mention it and I'm sorry. I just don't know what to present here, but I'll have to take notes during this meeting and make sure that it all gets done for next cruise. Elliot gave me a nasty look, the nastiest look, and said, Kabir, your first meeting, you brought us a problem. You know what? Just stay back after. I'll deal with you later. Uh, next, Charisse, dance captain. How's the cast doing? The meeting just came and went, and I sat there quietly. After everyone left, I went to sit across from Elliot's desk. I leaned into it, trying to be human with him, and just said, Look, man, I'm sorry about the Ocean X thing. I don't care about apologies. I'm your boss. I'm disappointed. This is really bad. It's your first cruise. As I said, Elliot, I'm sorry. But I need to know a little bit more as to what I can do for next week to make sure this doesn't happen. Do you have any tips or anything you can give me? Listen, just talk to your team and get it done. Elliot just kind of looked at his computer and kept typing. I sat there for a moment and looked at him and said, Actually, Elliot, I had some suggestions that I thought we could work together on. I pulled up my phone and opened a note that was called When I Become a Cruise Director. It's something that, to this day, I still reference. It's all things that I had learned that I wanted to implement or try or just things to help me when I became a cruise director eventually. My thinking was that 
there were a series of small things that I could do to help bridge the gap that Maxime, the last cruise director, had left compared to me. I had a totally different style, so I wanted to modify just a couple of little things. Listen, you don't get to make suggestions or changes. That's that's my job. Also, uh, listen, we gotta have a meeting with you and Daryl, hotel director, tomorrow about your lack of commitment to Ocean X. At that point, I just bit my tongue. He wanted to have a meeting with the hotel director because I had forgotten about Ocean X. The thought perplexed me given everything else that had gone on in the last couple of days, but there was no sense trying to fight back if this is how it was going to be. I needed a plan. I clearly had to organize myself better. And now I had to go and face my team. asked my team to meet in the ship's main theater. It was an open space, I didn't want it to be stuffy, so as I walked in, I could see my team sitting in one of the booths, waiting for me. All six of them were chatting, smiling, and the second I sat down, they all stopped talking and frowned. Hi guys! Hey. You don't all have to stop talking on account of me, do you? They all just looked away, and I could tell something was up. This was the weirdest, most politically charged environment I'd ever worked in. So, uh, guys, I wanted to quickly discuss Ocean X. How do you... Listen, we don't really do it. We just fill in random numbers on how many guests we talk to, and that's kind of it. One of my hosts, Chantel, had cut me off. She was about 5'8 and from the US, with brown hair. The rest of the team just nodded along. So I said, okay, can we try this week to make it as accurate as possible? One of the other hosts, Brendan, a tall, well-built British guy said, right, yeah, we'll be as accurate as possible. He just scoffed and I took a breath and said, look, guys, I know there've been a lot of changes. I know that I'm new here, but I'm trying to do my best. And I know that you are too. Chantel chimed in with, You know what the issue is? You came in here and took a job that should have been given to one of us. People that have done contract after contract. And you went through an entire cruise without doing Ocean X. You don't even know what it was. How's that fair? And part of me started to think, Yeah, she was right. How was it fair? I didn't know I was taking somebody else's job from them. I was just hired and I definitely didn't mean to. I left the meeting feeling even more deflated than I had beforehand. It was a lot to get used to, and a lot to balance. But I couldn't stay down for long. I was highly recognizable, and while I walked around the ship, if I looked upset and the guests noticed, it would be a huge issue. The ship was tendering in Grand Cayman, which meant that I had about an hour more to relax and then I had to be out and about again because the guests would be back on board. I took the time to try and come up with a plan to win over my team and just to be more organized for next cruise. Eric, the cute guest who offered me that drink the day before, had managed to find me after the final show of the night. I was about to take a walk on deck just you know, listen to the sea air and look at the stars, and Eric had asked to come and join me. After the last few days I had, I just said, sure, you know what, why not? The company was welcome, and it was someone that didn't work on board, which was always a fresh perspective. Eric and I walked all the way up to deck 14, to the top of the ship, about as high as you could go. As I looked up to the stars, I said, you know... I always send a little thanks to the universe for giving me a view like this. So few people can experience seeing all of these stars. Total darkness, you know? I looked up, just amazed at the view. I would kill for this view. What do you mean? Well, I've always wanted to work on a ship. It looks like fun, you know? Party all the time. I didn't know if I should break Eric's wonder or just 
go with it. He was a guest on holiday after all. I just kind of looked at him and said, yeah, something like that. Eric and I had a great chat about his life, his goals, what he wanted to do. And after about 20 minutes of talking nonstop, Eric looked at me and came in close, uncomfortably close. And then again, he had a really nice look about him. Imagine like Sean Mendez kind of vibes. I was taken aback, worrying that there were cameras that could catch the forbidden encounter. He leaned in and asked a very direct question. So, how does it work? Can you sleep with guests? And I just kind of backed up and said, Nah, man, I'm sorry. It's really against the rules. And I'm a little bit more old-fashioned. He looked down at his feet and said, You know... I'd have loved to take you on a date, and then back to my cabin. I just said, thanks, again, a bit more old-fashioned. I can't really sleep with guests, and this was just supposed to kind of be a walk. So I gotta go, I'm sorry. I took a step back, and he tried to grab my hand. I just politely smiled and said, listen man, I'm sorry, I can't, but have a great night. I wish he hadn't asked. That was the issue. I wish he could have kept the intrigue. Plus the line of personal and professional were blurred and that just wasn't a situation that I wanted to put myself in. Frankly, that was the least of my worries. It was 11pm and the next day was the final day of the cruise. Now contrary to my previous episodes, there is so much that I had to do. For a final sea day, I I couldn't even fathom the amount of things that I needed to get through. But what I do remember distinctly was the meeting I was about to have with Daryl, the hotel director, about my lack of commitment to Ocean X. Daryl sat at his desk, the sound of the casino in the background. He was leaning forward with Elliot sitting on the couch to his left. Kabir, it's unacceptable that you can't seem to follow a main rule in your first week. Honestly, Daryl, I'm, I'm really sorry. I didn't know that it was something I had to do, it wasn't mentioned in my training, and I didn't even know what to ask. Well, you should have asked. Elliot and I have talked. And decided we're going to do you a favor. We're going to let you off with a verbal warning. What that meant was, well at least I was told, that I couldn't make the same offense again. Ocean Cruise Line had an extensive disciplinary program. And I was upset to even be on the receiving end of it in any way, shape, or form. I walked out of that office, head held high. This meeting was smack in the middle of my jam-packed day. I went from venue to venue place to place, and I was a little bit beat. The highlight of the entire day, though, was our final party. It was our farewell Mardi Gras party. Exactly like the music trivia parties that I'd hosted throughout the cruise, but even bigger. When I got there, there wasn't even room to move. I got onto that stage in the atrium, and before I could even speak, the audience was roaring with applause. I'd never experienced that before. And it made me feel like I had really connected with as many guests as I could. And for a first try, that's not too bad. Disembarkation the following day was... It was a lot. It was the first time that I had been so involved with the process. The host team and I were in charge of the gangway. Setting up stanchions, conducting the flow of guests. And then you've got Destiny, the guest services manager. Daryl, the hotel director. Elliot, me, and seven hosts. Quote unquote running the process there were a few too many cooks in the kitchen i stood at the gangway just waving goodbye calling out the announcements as the different tag numbers were announced and sure enough there was eric he just gave me a smile and walked off but then he turned on his heel and came back just before he swiped his card hey can i follow you on instagram I said, sure, absolutely, at Cruise Director Kabir. All right, look out for me. 
And then, just a few moments later, with Destiny's radio call saying, Attention all team members, zero count. All guests have disembarked. My first cruise as cruise director was over. Stressfulness aside, there was a ton of magic to it and so much for me to be excited about. I felt empowered, like I'd achieved my goal. Look, mom, I'm the cruise director. But this was only the beginning. Next cruise, things would change again. Daryl was on his way out, and a new hotel director would be doing a handover. The same thing for Elliot. Justin Delaney, my boss from head office, was also coming aboard. Plus, I got to meet up with my mentor, Angie, for the first time in years. The ship's itinerary was different, it was one I hadn't done in a long time. Key West and Cozumel. And to be honest, things were about to get rocky. In more ways than one. Because there was a hurricane directly in the middle of our itinerary. The first hurricane that I'd ever have to deal with at sea. That and so much more next time. And it feels so good to be back with this show. And as always, thank you so much for your support. Until then, it's all about keeping afloat. I'm Kabir, your cruise director. Thanks for listening. This is Season 2, Episode 7 of Keeping Afloat, produced in Toronto, Canada. Copyright Cruise Director Kabir, 2021. All right, let's have a little bit of a joke here. What kind of underwear do clouds wear? Thunderwear. Eh? If you listened right to the end, go ahead and pat yourself on the back. Give yourself a big hug. Talk to you soon, and thanks for listening.